Listener Production. I begin today by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording this podcast today. I also pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect as well to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Welcome back to another episode of Black Matters, a podcast that's about First Nations matters and most importantly, why they matter. Uh, My name is MC from the Hit Radio Network. Joining me as always, now I'm going to get it right this week. I'm going to get it right. So, land rights lawyer. He's done it. He's got it right. (laughs) First Nations advocate, Wiradjuri and Wawa woman and friend of over 20 years, Teela Reid. Welcome back. Yama. And joining us today is a very special guest. She's graced your TV screens, reading the news, a journalist for Channel 10 and NITV, our first ever guest on Black Matters, OAM Narelda Jacobs. Thank you so much. I'm the first? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, we wanted to start in a big, big way and we thought, right, who's the dream guest? Who can we get? Who's going to make the noise? And it was obviously you. So we we really appreciate you being our first ever guest on this podcast. and my titter. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really, like, today of all days, I feel like this has been a gift from the ancestors. Oh, and I always love holding this space and sharing this time with you, and it's been such a big week. You would find yourself in a really interesting position with where this country is at at the moment as we move towards this referendum, which is going to be later this year, on enshrining a First Nations voice in the Constitution because, A, you're a member of the media, Mm -hmm. which plays such an important role, whether the media likes it or not, in shaping this conversation, Mm. and, two, a proud First Nations woman. So, uh, firstly, I guess... How have you found the conversations in the media thus far in regard to this voice and how this campaign is tracking along? It depends who's telling it. Mm. Uh, As journalists and as reporters, we're not meant to be commentators, Mm. but when there is language that introduces the voice to parliament like the divisive voice to parliament, who's written divisive? That's That's been a journalist who's meant to, you know, take the the fear and just put the facts in, that's, that's commentary mm. that's infiltrated journalism. So it depends who, who's, who's telling it. And it depends if it's, if it's an opinion piece, if it's an op-ed or if it's uh, a commentator versus a reporter or a journalist. You know, all these mm. things, you can't just read something on face value. You have to look at everything around how, these, how it's presented. Critical thinking is really important. And in the this stories, the stories that are told about us, like you are one of the most uh, recognisable black journalists. The weight of this moment in mm. your profession, are you feeling that at the moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am feeling it, uh, particularly this week, if I can talk about yeah, what's happened course, this week. Yeah, of course. Yeah, all right. So um, I was named on the King's Birthday Honours list. Mm-hmm. I received a, an Order of Australia uh, medal. And I had to think long and hard about receiving that honour in light of things that I've said about the, the monarchy and their role in colonisation. Tila, we know that history very well. We've spoken about it a lot. You know, you were right there when the king was coronated. Yeah, I was in that conversation live on ABC with our brother Stan Grant. So you must be feeling so many mixed emotions right now. Yeah, I'm feeling a sense of pride for my years of service, 23 years in the media to be recognised in such such a beautiful way, Mm. uh, and my service to the community as well. But then, you know, 24 hours later... All my Twitter feed, I, I, so the I commentary yeah, around the, yeah. it and the feedback. So my DMs are full of yeah. trolling from people yeah. who are calling me hypocrite. Mm. Hypocrite. Just accept it graciously or don't accept it at all. There's nothing about the acceptance of this OIM that's been 
nothing but gracious. Absolutely. I mean, if people looked at what I've actually said, then there would be no trolling. It would be a, it should be a, oh, I see her point. <laughs> would you like to make that point now for those that, that are getting caught up in the trolling and don't actually know what your official stance has been since receiving that award? Yeah, my whole stance is you have to be in the room to change it. Yeah. You know, in 1981, my, my dad received an MBE from the Queen. That same year in, in 81, he went to the UN in Geneva to present a plan for a Makarata. He maintained his First Nation sovereignty. He never ceded mm. his sovereignty. He saw the Queen as a sovereign head of state. So these were two sovereign people, you know, face to face. One was bowing to the other. I thought of my dad when mm. I received a notification of the OIM and whether or not I wanted to accept it. The other element to this was realising that if you don't accept it, no one knows the resistance. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it's it's this it's this really complicated thing. Do I accept it, knowing what I've said about the, the monarchy and uh, knowing full well their role in colonising this country and turning a blind eye to the orders of the King of the mm-hmm. Day to say, colonise, you know, settle the country on agreement with mm. the original inhabitants, and then that order was just completely ignored. I think your experience though reveals actually such a deeper issue here. the The award gives them an excuse those trolls to attack you for actually something bigger and deeper at the heart of this, which is you are one of the most successful black women in this country. Your voice speaks truth to power. I saw what you wrote about your sincerity and your graciousness Mm. in accepting that award. I sent you a voice note about how in this part, it's the fact that the colony can't grapple with, I think, powerful black women who know their place Mm. and speak truth to power and are still capable of walking in that world. I'm so proud of you of getting that award. And while it might feel personal, there are so many, it represents more about them than it does about you. What what if I didn't accept it? Mm. You're you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because if if you don't accept it, then, then people will also run you down going, well, don't you want to live it? If you don't want to live here... Oh, get, how disrespectful, let, yeah. what an honour. That's right, that's yeah. right. But then if you do, you're still damned because you're a hypocrite. So yeah. it's like you just, you cannot you, win. And I think that's the actual kind of takeaway here is to see it, to look at it, but also not absorb it. Not mm. absorb, I think, that hate. I can't even imagine what you're going through now behind that handle on Twitter, but I saw it after the King's coronation Mm. with my own experiences on um, social media. And I think you start to learn now in these moments, one of the takeaways I had was even when our ancestors come to the table with peace and love and truth in our hearts, someone would always find a way Mm. to manipulate that. Mm. And I see from what you're saying, I can hear from what you're saying now that happening in your experience as well. And I know your heart. I know your soul. I know what you stand for. And I really don't want, you know, I hope that you do. You do still see that through all of all of the social media trolling. Thank you. I mean, it, it just... It just reminded me of everything that you went through with the King's coronation. It was like all, it's all over again. Like we've learned mm. nothing from Uncle Stan's, mm. what he had to go through and what you had to go through, you know, during mm. that time. And when you were at the Sydney Writers' Festival and had that amazing, like really powerful session with Stan, just the two of you in conversation, like that was 
wow, that was so, it was, that was really beautiful to, to be there, to be present for, for that hour discussion. And, um, and Stan said, what did I say? Mm. <laughs> what did I say that wasn't true? It, I was just presenting the, the facts on that the King's coronation yeah. on that day, um, there was no opinion, there was no commentary. It was facts. Yes. It was 45 minutes of, of factual discussion mm. in six hours worth of rolling coverage. What did I say? And in that, with your job now as a journalist, this year in particular, presenting the nation with the facts, what are some of the things you're taking away from navigating, you know, these conversations? Particularly when, you know, we're told, we just come off, you know, Reconciliation Week and we're kind of told to, we've, we've been trained to kind of feel good about that week. When in fact, for us, racism and what mm. you've experienced now is getting um, worse, much yes. worse. Yeah. Um, on our day-to-day experiences. Mm. How do you see this moment as a journalist and the media and the responsibility of media? Yeah, I, I think it's it's so important to embrace the power of holding a microphone and it's so important to appreciate the power of our platforms because they will embolden people to educate themselves. There are a lot of organisations, and I've experienced this, uh, there are a lot of people who uh, who have approached me for a keynote speech or, you know, to make a speech, and there's only one thing I want to talk about, and that's the voice to parliament. <laughs> that's the referendum. <laughs> and then and they'll often, their, their first response is, oh, but we don't want to be political. It's like, uh, this is... Everything is political <laughs> like, when you are born in this country, yeah. being black. It's it's a trend now. Mm. It's a trend. It's like, oh, no, anything but that because it's too political. And it's like, this is not even political, people. Mm. People, please. This mm. is a human rights issue. It's not yeah. a political issue. So yeah. that is... We need to frame this discussion in a completely different way for people to appreciate because... As soon as I say, oh, it's political, we need to do something else, it's in their mind, it's like, this is something for other people to talk about. This is something for politicians to talk about. This is something for people in power. But we are all in that position of power because we're Mm. all going to be in a ballot box having to write yes or no. That is something that we have to do as eligible people eligible to vote in this Mm. country, not a politician, not just politicians, not just people in power, not just First Nations people, but everyone. This is not political. Mm. Question for the both of you. Do you get caught up? It feels like every second day there's a different poll and and often the polls (laughs) will contradict each other. Just this week there's been a a poll by The Guardian, there's been Mm. a poll that's been talked about in the Sydney Morning Herald, one saying that, you know, the yes vote's sitting at 60%. The other one says the no vote has pipped itself. Do, Do we pay attention to those sorts of things or do we just hope that the right message is getting through to the right people. I don't think we can pay attention to the polls. No, I agree. I think that polling is such a distraction from the heart of the issue here and it's going to go up and down all year. And I think you've pointed out something, MC, that is so obvious in the media. One day there'll be a negative poll. The next day there's literally a positive poll following up. It literally happened in the last 24 hours. I saw it. (laughs) And I just think one of the dangers, though, is it starts to dictate advocacy. And that concerns me. But yeah, I think I agree with you, Narelda. Taking note of the polls is not always helpful. No, it's not. And, you know, we need to think remember this when the polls are going to be in the favour of yes mm. as well because we've you know we've seen we, no one can be 
too confident as to what the outcome is going to be. Um, and we're mm. still really early days. We are absolutely so early days. There's mm. so much work that still needs to get done. These conversations are so crucial. It's why we've created a podcast, mm-hmm. Black Matters, centering the real importance of um, bringing people along mm-hmm. on the conversation in their own time and trying to make people feel, I guess, informed and equipped yep. to start to engage because I think the, there is a real level of uncertainty um, that we are now embarking on that we haven't really had in the past. Yeah, it's and look, I, I think discussions like this are so important because, um, Tila and MC, how many people have you come across in your day-to-day lives, whether you're sitting getting a haircut mm. or, you know, you're ordering coffee or whatever, um, and people, you know, you hear in passing, you know, the, the referendum and mm. or people would be like, I don't know, I don't know. Referendum? What's a referendum? Yeah. <laughs> or or um, what is this referendum even about? Yeah. And you you make a decision. Okay, do I start Engage. from scratch? <laughs> do yeah. I start from scratch? And you know, how much energy is this going to take? <laughs> and why am I only doing this for one person? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's 19 million or so oh eligible God. people to vote. 18 million or so. Uh, do I really want to take up this conversation mm-hmm. with one person? So. That's what I mean about there being power in a platform mm-hmm. and we all have to use it. We all have a responsibility this yep. year to, to And what about you ourselves. as a white fella, Michael? Have you started to engage more on the ground it's in funny, the community like, in those conversations Narelda's just spoken about? Since this podcast has kicked off, mm. I've had a lot of text messages from non-Indigenous mates mm. saying before, I, th- I think it's dangerous because, you know, it's human nature to be scared of something you don't understand and to turn mm. away from something you know, don't understand. I know that you've mentioned it in the past that the slogan, I don't know, means no mm. or whatever it is. And yeah. if people are unsure, they're just going to go, nah, don't get it, not going to happen for me. But a lot of people are still really confused and at its core don't understand what a referendum is and, and B, still don't truly understand what we're voting on. And, and I think while having a microphone and a platform is really important, I think a lot of it's self-responsibility. You know, mm. it's an important decision that we're all being charged to you, which can shape the future of the country. And, you know, when you're buying a car, you'll research the car that you want. If you're buying a new TV, you'll jump online, you'll read reviews, you'll find as much information as you can. So you're making the most educated decision possible. And I think this should be no different because you're guiding the future of this country. So it's up to every single one of us. And not everyone's going to vote yes. There will mm. be people that vote no. And that's, that. if, if they're, if they've done their research mm. and that's what they believe, then that's up to them. But I think, you know, it's up to each and every one of us to at least make sure this is an educated decision. What would you say to box. white listeners now? Do your research. Yeah. Know that it's not just about you. Know that it's your responsibility. And while, and I'm, you know, I have the same opinion when it comes to changing the date of Australia Day. If it doesn't impact me, but it impacts a group of people, why wouldn't I want that group of people to be better off. Mm. And if this voice is the first step, and this is what we've got to remember, this isn't the end result. This is just the next step or maybe even the first step. That's right, mm. yeah. And there's a lot more to come. So let's let's just get the first step right. Yeah. And if this first step is going to hopefully make things a lot better for First Nations people in this country, mm. I can't understand why you wouldn't. Mm. I, don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't. I th- We've just come off the back of Reconciliation Week a couple mm. of weeks ago, Be a Voice for Generations. And I think during the week, I, you know how you, you hear themes and yep. you kind of, they just bounce around. But I really sat with that theme and, and it blew my mind a bit because I was like, oh, my goodness, 
gener- it's generations. We're doing this. We're it, this is bigger than even our generation. Mm. It's it's so much bigger. And then when we get to NAIDOC week, the theme for NAIDOC week is our elders. Oh. So here we're doing it. We're doing it for generations to come, but we're also doing it for our elders. Mm-hmm who have fought for their whole lives and the and the ancestors before them. Mm. So it's it, what we're experiencing now and the conversations that we're, that we're having, it's bigger than us. Yeah, totally. And that, that's wild. You know, we're, some, we're, we're a part of something that is changing the trajectory of an entire country. Yeah. yeah. Like how exciting is special. that? And, and we are moment. literally a blip in time yes. having this conversation and we have the chance to literally change the course of history here. Yeah. And people need to step in to that moment and yeah. embrace it. And speaking of which, I feel like you totally stepped into that moment when you gave your speech <laughs> at the recent IATS conference on your country mm. on the west coast on Wajak Noongar Buja and I just think watching your speech back it was one of the most powerful things that I felt like the ancestors were speaking through you in oh. that moment how did you feel about that oh I felt really empowered actually mm. um it was a it's it was an apolitical uh, summit, the IATSA mm. summit. But what I did was address that if you don't know, vote no, because that just struck me as being an excuse to be ignorant. Ignorant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't know, vote no, and, and yeah. th- that's what I said. If you don't know, vote no. What? Mm. If you don't know, find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the work. Stop <laughs> being lazy. It's 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 ridiculous to think that that is that's a reason to vote no. Mm. If you don't know, oh my goodness! You research or, every you, big re- decision in your life. <laughs> you do. Why would you just turn a blind eye? Uh, there will be people, someone listening right now, who still is unsure. Hopefully this podcast is helping them inform this decision, whichever way they decide to vote. But Mm. if there are people that are still not entirely sure where to get that information, because it's a very murky world out there and people are using, you know, polls and things as weapons to sway conversations, Mm. where's a good place where someone could go if Mm. they just wanted to do a bit of reading and arm themselves with the knowledge they need to make an informed decision? Well, this podcast is the starting point. We might start to um, link in some resources. Lots of people have written books. I've got essays out. There is um, a compass episode. It's going to be a compass episode. Oh, yes. Give it a plug. It is about Narelda's <laughs> extraordinary life, though, and her dad's legacy. And yeah. hopefully we can talk about that in a new episode. Yeah. But tell us about Compass oh, and what people can watch. Compass is going to be, I, I'm so, so proud of this. It oh. goes to air on June on Sunday, June 18, but it will be available on iView well after mm. that. Teal is in it. You're in it. The story is um, about you, Narelda. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's about my, my dad. And I mentioned that my dad accepted an MBE mm. in, in 1981. Mm. And that same year, he presented a plan to the UN for for a Makarata. And mm. that's what I was thinking of when I accepted my yeah. OAM. Um, but it's it's about the work that they that my father and his generation did in the late 70s and early 80s that effectively laid the groundwork for the Uluru Statement mm. from the Heart. Yeah. Mm. They were talking about Makarata, coming the coming together after a struggle, effectively a treaty. Mm. Uh, and so I'm looking back at all the moments throughout our history, all the big moments like the Barunga Statement, which mm. just had its uh, 35th anniversary. anniversary, where we've come together as a country what have we got to show for it? Mm-hmm. You know, we're still in this position yeah. now. I also talked to Arnie Jackie Huggins in the in the Compass episode. He's an incredible 
so beautiful. Trailblazer. And she talks about how she was a little girl during the 1967 referendum and mm. she was going door knocking with her mum mm. and her mum was saying, white people of Australia, they just need to meet us. Once they meet us, they'll understand. Aww. We've spoken about this before on this podcast mm. and this is people are mm. basing this decision. A lot of people have probably never met a First Nations person, mm. certainly. And so they're making an uneducated decision on something they literally know nothing yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that... I mean, that it's our world, mm. Tila. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. what you've just described with, you know, the Compass episode coming out, your story and graciousness of accepting the OAM um, this week, your story of your dad accepting the MB from the Queen. Mm. Like, I think that people actually sometimes don't understand how close these issues are to us in the handing over of the baton. Yes. To get the work done. The, the and does that weigh heavily mm. on you? In yeah. The, well, I, I mean... Or do you find that, you know, feel a bit lighter in knowing that? I don't know. No, we are, mm. we are so connected. Mm. I also talked to Rachel Perkins. Mm. You know, her dad, Charlie Perkins, with the Freedom Ride through country New South Wales. I mean, that was yeah. within one generation. That yeah. was her father that did that. Yeah. And that was in the, during the, the same sort of thing as the civil rights movement in, in the US. Yeah. Um, we are so connected. Yeah, we we we're at arm's length. It was my it was my dad, you know. Mm. And then we get to hand our baton on to our children, who are yeah. going to be the next elected members of the Voice to Parliament. And this moment didn't come from nowhere. You know, you spoke about the legacy of many decades ago, your dad with aiming to get a Macarada across the line. And, like, I spoke to someone about this on the weekend about how powerful that moment was when the statements are gifted to the nation, like the real power that come from the Uluru Statement, the Baranga Statement, the Kala Bark Petition, the Larrakia Petition, the Kirribilli Statement. There's so many, the Masig Statement, like, there's so many now. And you just think about those moments. And then the more you see, especially, I think, as advocates on the ground, black advocates on the ground doing the work, you see this time and moment shift and it shifts over. The more it shifts into the political debate, mm. the, the more difficult it becomes to persuade a, a mass of people because it leaves the people and goes into the political yes. domain. And, and that's when the confusion happens in the media, mm -hmm. um, in the polling. All you see talking about it are politicians. It's still going through the Senate, actually. Mm. So it's still... it's. So that, that's why you're hearing politicians talk a lot because it's gone through the House of Reps and now it's in the Senate. But as soon as it passes the legislation that will enact the, the referendum, as soon as that passes, then you won't be hearing from mm. politicians as much, which we can't get there soon enough, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how do you think, almost coming full circle, moving forward, how do you think the media can maybe do a better job in talking about this and having this discussion than what they have been thus far. Taking the personal agenda out of it, mm. and if it's opinion, clearly saying it's opinion and not fact. We need to take divisive words like divisive out and be really careful about the language yep. that that we use in, in the reporting of it mm. and just state the facts. Take that day in the House of Reps. Peter Dutton made a speech in the morning. Mm. Linda Burney made a speech in the afternoon. Mm. Depending on who you read... Linda Burney didn't make a speech. <laughs> it just didn't exist at all. It didn't exist. It was all just Peter Dunn. Yeah. That's where critical thinking has to come mm. in because until those sections of the media don't exist anymore and, or until there's been a whole cultural change, this year we're not going to see a change in what they write. Yeah. We're still going to see the same commentators giving their opinions 
um, that yeah. are completely biased. And even if even if there's even if there's a really fair article right next to it, will be an opinion piece that will just shoot it all down. Mm. You know, so um, yeah. so it's really important to be aware of what masthead you're reading. Yeah, when you speak about trying to be able to critically think about what they're absorbing, these are the nuances in what they're trying to absorb. And Mm. I think the lessons they have to take away this year, because it does require people, as you say, to do the work. Um, If you don't know, go find out. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Sadly, still in 2023, you can't believe everything you read or hear. And it is so important to educate yourself because this is a really important decision that we have for us in a few months' time. Now, every every single episode, at the end of every episode, uh, as well as Black Matters being something important to the both of us, language matters as well. And every week, Teela gives us a Wiradjuri word because it's something that... Or a Blackfella term. In many parts of the community, mm. First Nations language aren't a part of the everyday. And we'd like to maybe try and change that one word at a time. Is there something that you would like to teach us this week? Uh, Katagen means knowledge. Thanks for sharing Narelda, that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Our first ever guest on Black Matter. So we'll give it one more plug. The episode Compass. When can we watch it? Oh, Where can we watch it? June 18, 6 30, Sunday night, or on iView ABC. So Keen, we're gonna have a compass party. Yes. <laughs> thank you for chatting with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome.